Okay, one more time, sing us, go.
Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bichlal, to everyone that's come throughout the weeks. It's always fantastic to see, to see new faces. It's always so special. And there's so much that, uh, that um, I know about. Every, I know everyone in here. There's so much going on inside of us. There's so much going on inside of inside everyone here. So much rumbling, you know. There's so much happening, and it's so uh, precious to be able to to express it. But it's the hardest, also, to express it. It's one of the hardest things in the world to express what's going on in your insides, in your kishkas. So, so that's what we have rebbe's for to. To be to to let us know that it's uh, that it's okay. They did it their whole life, you know. They expressed themselves their whole lives, and even what they expressed is only a little tiny, minute fracture. Of what was going inside their neshamas throughout their life? I guess that the most important thing in the world right now, tonight, two, you know, two nights before we're going to be standing before the hachtara, before the uh, before the crowning of the king, is to know that we're not alone, that no one in this room is alone, no one outside this room is alone. It's the most important thing in the world. It's the most important. On the way here, I heard Rib Shlomo say on, on, a, on a, an audio I was listening to in the car, he was, he was, it was Arab Shoshana, and he was in South Africa, and he was saying, I want to see a better world. I want to see a better world. He kept on saying, I want to see a better world. He kept on saying over and over again. And he only, he didn't really elaborate too much, but one thing that he did say was that he said, I want to see a world that no one feels like a stranger when you pass somebody on the street that you never saw before. No one feels that, you know, that because I never saw you that I'm a stranger to you. And so, uh, Baruch Hashem, you have rooms like this where that's happening. But, we got, we got so much more to do. How much have so much more to do? Can you imagine if every person that you crossed by on the street didn't feel like a stranger when they met you? It's up to us. It's not up to them. It's up to us. We hear a Torah like that. It's up to us. That's Pasha. It's up to us. It's not up to the... Let's see if it works. You know? Let's see if what Rabbi Shlomo said works. Let's see if the eras has arrived that people stop feeling like strangers. No, you hear a Torah like that, and you go with those eyes to the street. That's how you walk around. That's how you walk around. So, when, when thinking about what, what on earth, what could we learn, you know? The last few weeks in, in Chodesh Elul, last few weeks in Chodesh Elul, we, we did a lot on focusing on a very specific nekuda, a very specific uh, point which is very strong. And I'm sure we might touch upon it tonight also, maybe not. And that is the Torah of I, Anochi, Torah of me. What is it that only I'm supposed to do in the world and nobody else? And like we always say in here, if Hashem needed Nava and I to do the same thing in the world, He'd only create one of us. Right? He'd only create, he doesn't need two people to do the same thing. And that's a crazy thing. And the fact that we're still here, like we were 
Remember that story of the Slonim? Who was here Motzei Shabbos and Slichas and Rishimu? How many Chabur were here? Not so much. So I want to say a story that we said at the end of the night because it will tie it in. My, my, my favorite story in the world. I'm not just saying it because I said it Motzei Shabbos. I really try to say this all year long, but it's most, most, most kashur during the month of Elul. The Slonim Rebbe, many of you have heard of Slonim, Netivot Shalom, right? Many of you have heard of the Netivot Shalom. Netivot Shalom comes from a great dynasty of rabbis called the Slonim Hasidic dynasty. And the Slonim Rebbe's great-grandfather was once traveling, and he was traveling and he got to a certain Kretschmer, this kind of, like Reb Shlomo said, an old-school 1800s Howard Johnson. You can just imagine what that, kind of, what that would look like, right? What he would say, right? So... And in the lobby of this of this uh, hojo, <laughs> in the lobby of this of this Howard Johnson of this of this Kretschmer, so. By the way, you know, I always thought that was weird. Howard call it Howard Johnson, because he was uh, an outfielder for the Mets when I was when I was a kid. Is the name is the name that? But it's, no, it's, it's not. Okay, okay. I thought it was named after Howard Johnson. The outf- okay, whatever. Sure. <laughs> My pre-Rosh Hashanah nerves that's happening right now. That's what it is. <laughs> so, the Slonim Rebbe is in the lobby, and he sees a Yiddela who's shining from head to toe. Never saw a Jew shining, natural shine, natural glow. Like, if each of you had a chance right now to see yourselves in the mirror, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. No, don't laugh. It's not, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being very serious. So, he... Doesn't know what to do. He never saw a yid like this, but he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. Slon Rebbe, the next night in, the, in this motel, he sees this yid again, and he sees this guy is shining even more than he was shining last night. He's thinking, wow, this I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I've got to figure out who this guy is. So, but he doesn't do anything about it. Then the third night, this guy is, the Rebbe sees him again in the same area, and this time he's shining even more. I heard this, I heard this story from Reb Shlomo Mamish. I was on the way to the Moshev last year, and Precious, and, and Elul about to give a shear there, and it was, my Mamish heard this right as like, before I got out of the car. So he sees on the third night that this Yidla is even shining even more than he was the first night. His Mamish, like you know, when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Mount Sinai, it says that he had to put a masve, he had to put like a, like a mask on his face because no one could look at him. He, he was shining too much. It was, it was too much. And if you look at him, you push and get burned. So this Jew, it was the same thing. He just was shining from head to toe like no one ever saw before. So the Rebbe says, you know, i got to figure out who this guy is. Who is he? And however, this story defines the whole dynasty of Slonim because from this story on, the whole direction changed in Slonim. Listen to this. I want you all to take it to your hearts deep, deep, deep inside. Mamash. I've been saying this all over the world this year. Mamash all over the world. Wherever I go. Wherever I chance Hashem lets me open my mouth, I try to say this story. So he says to him, who are you? The Rebbe asks him. He says, my name is so-and-so. I live in a nearby village. And I travel sometimes for business. I forgot what the business was. not important. No, the Rebbe says, who are you? Where are you? Where are you from? Who's your Rebbe? Who's your father? Where'd you learn? It's got to be, this guy's shining. He says, what, what do you mean? Who, 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 you know, what, exactly what I said. So this guy says to the Slonim Rebbe, I'll tell you the truth. 
I don't have any yichus. Yeah, how do you say yichus? Lineage. Lineage. Yechasim is, is relationship. Yichus is like my relationship. Yeah, I guess it's, it comes in the same thing. My lineage. So I don't have any, I don't have any uh, special lineage. In fact, we come from, you know, water carriers. And I have a little job here. The truth is, I, my, I, my parents did try to send me to a yeshiva, but I have a horrible learning disabilities. And in fact, reading is the hardest thing in the world for me. It's the hardest thing in the world for me to read. I go to, I get through one line, second line, I'm done already, I can't do it anymore. So the Slana Rebbe is thinking, this is really odd. I better check my, my, eyes, my Rebbe eyesight, you know, my, my Rebbe vision. Like, this is very weird. He says, are you, are you serious? Says, yeah, in fact, every time you open a Gemara, open up a Siddur, I, I read two lines, I'm done. I, this is not for me. So the Rebbe says, oh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I bothered you. Starts walking away. Ah, one second, one second. The, this Jew says. Why? There's one thing that I did do. I do every night. Maybe I don't know. I, I never told anyone, but there is one thing that I that I say every night. But, but instead of saying Kriyat Shema Alamita, the Shema you say on when you're supposed to go to sleep, which is also long, I do. I made up my own prayer because I couldn't even get through the Kriyash Masha So every night before I go to sleep, I tell God that if you believe that tomorrow I could live up, I could live the dreams that you have for me. If you believe that tomorrow I could do what you need me to do in the world, then I have one request. Give me another day. Give me one more day. But if you don't think that I could live up to the dreams that you have for me, and if you don't think that I could do what you need me to do in the world, don't wake me up. You know, Islam Rebbe heard this story. Forget it. Everything was different after that story. Because obviously... It's got to be that this is a subconscious prayer that each of us recite before we go to sleep. Because if not, do you think God is that cruel? We were saying once Shabbos, God is that cruel that He's going to give us another year, He's going to give us another Elul, another time to do tshuva, He's going to give us another Rosh Hashanah. And, but really He's saying, you guys don't have a chance of making it. You guys don't have a chance of getting it together. You guys don't have a chance of figuring it out. But I'm, I'll give you another year just for, you know, just for giggles. Can't be. So if we are still here, and if we've gone through another Elul right now, and if we're about to enter another Rosh Hashanah, it's got to be that it's because God believes that we could get the job done. Or we could at least begin to enter the job, whatever that is. It means that each of us on our own private personal place, that thing which is just about me, like we were learning the whole month of El, that thing which is just only I'm supposed to do in the world and only you're supposed to do in the world and only you're, each of us, that means that we could figure it out. Because if not, the last thing in the world you ever want to think God of is cruel. When Reb Shlomo says, when does this happen, that you, you get to hear a little bit of what it is that just 
you're supposed to do in the world? The blowing of the shofar. The blowing of the shofar. Now, in order for us to feel that we could get it, there's one word we really have to figure out what it means. And that word is chadash. Chadash. What, is it, what does the word chadash mean? New. What else in Hebrew sounds, sounds like chadash with those letters? Chodesh. Chodesh. What else? Chidush. What else? All the play, uh, any, anything you play with, hitchatshut. Everything that you could think of with this word chadash. I have to tell you something weird. It's so important that everyone feels hitchatshut, renewed, chadash, new, fresh. But isn't there someone that says there ain't nothing new under the sun? Doesn't Shlomo Amalek say, Ein chadash tachat Hashemesh? So that means that in order for us to feel renewed for real, we have to go over the sun. There's no other way. <laughs> what does that mean? Bezrat Hashem, we're going to figure that all, attempt to figure that out tonight. Bezrat Hashem. Because <laughs> what else are we going like, to we gonna do? You know, what's left? Those of us that think that we know ourselves best, Rosh Hashanah is definitely not your holiday. <laughs> it's the last mummish, it's the last thing. I know myself, I know this is who I am. These are my habits. Remember, each of us has a Nitzot, the Zohar Kodesh says that each of us has a spark of Moshe Rabbeinu inside our Neshamas, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu, each of, his Neshama, each of, the spark of each person, the Zohar Kodesh says this. What's the first thing that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by God? Shal na'alecha me'al raglecha. Which means, remove your shoes from your feet. But the Hasidic Shalabas have a field trip with this, and they say like this, Shal na'alecha, remove your na'al, your locks, your habits, your locks, sorry. Shal na'alecha me'al raglecha, your feet, your hergel, your habits. Remove the locks off your habits. Stop thinking that this is who I am, and this is the way it's going to be. Stop thinking that. Doesn't matter if you're 10, 20, 40, or 80. To be in the service of Hashem means you have to remove the manulim from your hergelim. You have to remove the locks off of what has become habit in your life. And then Rav Kook says, you'll try another habit. Letova, for good. Vetargileinu betoratecha. Make my habit be that I just can't stop going back to this farm. Make it those habits. But first, understand that we have to remove the habits off of what? This is who I am. Rosh Hashanah is a, the perfect time to mamish, stop thinking that you know who you are. Or stop decreeing in the world that this is who I am. Stop making own personal xeros on yourself that I can't do that because that's not me. That's not me. Let me ask any of you. Some of you, maybe some of you not, but at a certain point in life it's Shayach, this question. How many of you, six years ago, I would tell you, you're going to be, you're going to be coming back to a shir on Monday nights in Yerushalayim? Six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> you see? Right, wait, hold on a second. Are you you or you have a totally like midlife crisis now because you don't know who you are, right? Yeah, l'chaim. L'chaim to that. Okay. Reb Shlomo is the king of Chadash. He's the king of Yitzchad Shut.
came of it. So I'm not going to say anything else besides give these out. Not sure, but Hashem, that we have enough for everyone. So please share if there are enough. And I'm always asking everyone, let's just read paragraph by paragraph to get through this together. Even though it's in English, you might want to just read ahead, but it's Kedai. It's, it's worth it to just read it together with us. What we have before us right now is two pieces from about, I think it's a 15-year span, actually. But somehow we'll see how they tie together. its way a little bit or that's already running out? Oh, thank you. Found it. This way. Oh, here too? Yeah. Up here, awesome. Thank you. Okay, Chavra, so let's, um, before we go inside, I just want everyone, I want all your attention for one more second, Chavra, as we're getting, as we're getting this. What, something that we said we said something months ago, and it's, we see it becoming more and more and more shayach as we go along. It's something so beautiful. Listen to this. Chavir, please, let me, let me, let's just be, be together. It's really, be, really bad if we weren't right now, so let's really try to get it together. Every single one of Rib Shlomo's teachings, the truth is every single teaching and any holy sefer could be rooted, can be found that like it's kashur, it's connected to trying to fix the first sin. What's the first sin? What did it have to do with? A tree. A tree. Uh, let's just stop there and just hold that and now let's go into the text. Now listen to this. Humanly speaking, God created the world because He loved it. Olam chesed yibana, Shlomo says. The Gemara said that God wants to do someone a favor but there was no world. So to whom could he do a favor? Hmm. That's enough to meditate on the whole Rosh Hashanah, thinking about the renewal of, the, of this world, the purpose of, why did Hashem create this world? Because he just wanted to do a tovah, he wanted to do a favor for someone, and he, how could you do a favor if nothing is there? Now let me ask you something else. Can you imagine, Mamish, creating the world? It's the most awesome thing in the world. <laughs> so funny that he, like, he actually said those thoughts that went out in his mind, you know. And, and all, it's even crazy that he had that, you know, who thinks like that? Wasn't it a gavalt to create the world? <laughs> who thinks like that? Anyway, we have to realize that what we're feeling on Rosh Hashanah is Mamish God giving us a taste of what he did. I'll say this again, no, Rosh Hashanah. God is giving us a taste of what He did. What did He do? He created the world because He wanted to do a f- He wanted to do a favor for someone. Now the Ishbitzer says a Gevad Torah. Each time I put a seed in the ground, and it begins to grow, how come it's growing? Right? You ever think about that? What is it like? Law? It's a law that it has to. Every time you put a seed in the ground, why does it grow? Exactly. 
Because one time, at one time, God created the world. God said, Tadsheh Haaretz Deshe. Let the earth bring forth the vegetables and the fruit. Let, let the earth bring forth vegetation. Right? So the moment the seed is under the earth and it's in the process of integrating, it connects itself to God's word of Mamish, the beginning. Why is it that when something is growing, it's fresh and it's smooth? Very simple. It's connected to God's word when He created the world. Can you imagine the first apple? It must have been such a gewalt apple. <laughs> by, by us human beings, since we're so far removed from where we're supposed to be, we don't feel that newness. If we would be the way we should be, then every apple is mamish like the first apple. Now, there's a lot to say on this. I'm choosing not to dafka lit amek with this to go deeper. So I want to. The next piece is what I really wanted to go deeper with. But let's keep on reading and we'll stop in a second. Let me ask you why is it when the baby is born it's so awesome? It's a gavat? Because every baby is absolutely like the first time God created man. By the way, this line is unbelievable. You know why? Think about it. Isn't it weird that there's so much excitement when a woman is pregnant? It's like, well, it's, you know, Bezat Hashem, it's either a boy or it's either a girl. Why is everyone so excited? What, what, is, what is it? Because there's new life in the world. New life is coming to the world. So how come people aren't excited when they see each other for the first time after a few days or after a few weeks? Is that a weird question? Because we're used to it. We're, we're used to other people. We're used to the people that we surround ourselves by. We're, we've just become immune to the newness of seeing. Right. Is that we don't really think that maybe in the last few days your mom has totally changed. Remember that Torah, and you must have been there. There was a Torah, Shlomo says that, that um, after Tisha B'Av and after Yom Kippur, what do, you, what do you do right after the fast? Kiddush Levana. What's one of the things that you say in Kiddush Levana to the person standing right next to you? Shalom Aleichem. You just hung out with them for 25 hours. What are you saying Shalom Aleichem for, right? Because the Kiddush Levana, you know, what, what's Kiddush Levana? It's the, first, it's the first mitzvah, right? So what's the first mitzvah all about? That person could be next to you your whole life. But when you're tapped into Kaddish Baruch Hu's energy, maybe they're like, they became totally new. So you're saying Shalom Aleichem. Because... You're a, you're a totally new person. It's such a Geval Torah, you know, it's such an amazing thing. But like you were saying, we're so immune, like we're so... It's hard for us because about our, you know why? Because we think about ourselves like, you know what? I definitely didn't change since I saw him last, so, you know, they probably didn't change either, right? Whether it's three days or three months or three years. Yet when a baby comes into the world, just because there's a new physical body in the world, then it's like, wow, but you know what it is? It's that the baby is so connected to like God saying, or it's like it's connected to God's word of let there be so-and-so. Now look inside. So Rosh Hashanah is that once a year, we are tasting this absolute awesomeness. We are mamish tasting God creating the world. 
we're tasting the first time of everything. Everything. First time I went to Uman, this was uh, 11 years ago, Rosh Hashanah. I was traveling from L.A. My good friend Stewie Wax took me. And the first day in Uman, the first night of Rosh Hashanah, it was, I, I, I was a nitkalti. I, I came across one of the weirdest experiences in my life. Obviously, being in the Ukraine, you know, Rosh Hashanah night is not, wasn't a normal experience, but even amongst the Hasidim, a very, I, I didn't ever saw this before. Imagine thousands, already then it was thousands, not nothing close to what it is today, but there were already thousands back then, and davening, dancing, f crazy, but then you got to the house where the meal was, and everyone was silent. No one said a word, besides if they sang a zemer, a zmira, or if they shared a vort. Besides that, they were in the kitchen, I remember, all these chassidim, silence, no one said a word. Later, I, I saw in the spine that it's a very, very big thing to not speak at all the first day of Rosh Hashanah, unless it's davening or saying Torah. So, like, it's a very big thing, Chavre, at the meals this year, Reb Shlomo says, you have to really be careful. You have to mamish be careful, your words, because said we think that God is judging, or like, the books are being written you don't know exactly the split second. You don't know exactly when. So if you don't know exactly when, treat every second that it could be that it's this second, right? Why? Because of this total, like Rabbi Shlomo said this last line over here, the Rosh Hashanah is that once a year, we're tasting this absolute awesomeness. We're mamish tasting God creating the world. We're tasting Hashem creating the world. I've never heard anyone talk like this before about Rosh Hashanah. We are tasting, it's like a little bit of a taste in our, on our tongue, in our kishkas, in our minds, in our hearts, in our soul, of Hashem creating the world of total nothingness to everything. It's an amazing thing. And it's Mamish the holiday where we have no choice but to like, give ourselves not just second chances, it's not about a second chance. It's about giving ourselves a first chance and giving other people first chances, not second chances. Second chances are about yesterday. You don't give a baby a second chance to be in the world when it's born, right? You don't give it a second chance to breathe when it's born. It's the first chance. And I, I want you to un understand, Chavra, you might be learning this right now, but you might be hearing these words and we're saying, there's no way that could be me, Rosh Hashanah. But it's, it's either that or nothing. I don't know how to say it any clearer. This is what's happening, Rosh Hashanah. It's not like, mm, maybe I get it, maybe I don't get it. If you're not tapped into this, Rosh Hashanah comes and goes and you could call right home afterwards and tell them how beautiful your hosts were. But that's, that's about as far as you're going to get. That's what, the, if you look at the davening, if you look at all the Midrash, you look at the Gemaras, you look at all the Svarim, about what the Tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, and Kibar Rabbah, what's Rosh Hashanah all about, it really is tasting God creating the world again. And it's, the, it's definitely the perfect, perfect intro to what we're going to be having in a few weeks. 
which is partial operation, the partial operation of the world. Okay, now let's look at this next piece and we'll see how it connects. And remember what we said before about Ein Chadash Tachat HaShemesh. So therefore you have to go above the Shemesh if you want to tune in to real Chadash. Listen to something very important, friends. You have to know the value of everything. I can have gold and silver, but if I don't have the value, I think the gold is just, is just as much as, gar- as a garbage pail, so I won't watch over it. I won't guard it. The value of something is something very, very, very deep. Okay, this is a very general statement. In order to understand what Rabbi Shlomo just said, look what he does with Chabad. Chochma Bina Das. Look what Rabbi Shlomo does over here. Chochma Bina Das. Chochma is the idea itself. Bina is the understanding of this idea. And then comes something deeper. Das. Das means the value of it. Oh, you read ahead? Oh, cool. Okay, so that, that means you're tuned in. But this definitely changes the way that almost all schools of thought interpret Chochmah, Bina, and Dat. I'm going to ask you, I'm sure all of you are great scholars, but what, what have you heard before about like Dat? What's Dat in the world? What is that usually? What, what's, I guess we have to do everything. What's Chochmah? How have we learned what Chochmah is? What's that? Intelligence. Intelligence. Okay, what else? An idea. An idea. Wisdom. 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 Perspective. Perspective. Okay, stop with that. Now, what's Bina? Understanding, Understanding the, everything we said before. Mm-hmm. Understanding it. And then that is. Knowledge. What's the difference between Bina and that? How I relate to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. But that's that can that's what we just what we, what just said here. What's that? Taking the chokma and the bina and put right. One of my favorites from understanding is Rav Steinvelt. Steinvelt says, you know what our life is made out of? How our intellect works? We have a havraka. What's havraka? What word does that come from in Hebrew? Barak. Yeah, lightning. You have like a yeah. You have like wow. This has happened, right? You can't do anything with it. Then you have Bina. You have Bina, right? Then you have Bina. What is Bina? Bina is, wow, that's what happened? Oh my gosh. I can't believe that's what happened. That is instilling it within my life, knowing how to apply it in my life. That's, that's the usual way of understanding these three levels on a basic level. Reb Shlomo says that, want to say something? Yeah, das yeah. has to be a long term. Has to be long. It can't be just a short term. I'm gonna do it once. It has, in order to be really dots, it has to be the rest of your life in a sense. It has to be something long term, lot like long. Well, yeah, instilled within you. It's not yeah. just yeah. hundred percent. Dot. So here, Shlomo is saying, you want to know how something could be long term. You want to know how something can become part of you. Remember the first paragraph in this piece. You have to know the value of what it is that you're talking about. And that's deeper than Bina. Bina's understanding this is something precious. I don't know what it is, but wow, that's what happened. I can only, imp- I can only implement it in my life if I have Das. What's Das? Remember this. Value. 
according to Reb Shlomo over here. It's a fantastic chiddush. Let's continue reading. The value of it, how much is it worth? How much, okay, so third paragraph, we're in the middle. How much are you ready to live for it? How much are you ready to die for it? How much does it mean to you? That's what das means. Look what Shlomo says here, I'm begging you all to look inside and take this inside. A person can know that there's one God. I can know all about love, about peace, about everything good. But then the question is, how much is it worth to you? You know, by Hasidim, the greatest honor in the world was if someone was called a baldas, a baldat, a bardat, a man who knows the value. It's like, you know, why is it such a great privilege? Because thousands and thousands and thousands of people could be by the Rebbe, by any of their Rebbes, right? And they could be by all their teachers and spend a lot of time. But praiseworthy are those who understand what's in front of them. A lot of people can experience very high moments. We're not talking about the experience here. The experience, I think, maybe, if you would allow me to say this, would probably be what? Chochma Bina or Das? Bina. The experience, the Chavaya, is probably the level of Bina. Das is having a Hasaga, ha- grasping a little bit, having an understanding of the value, the Erech of what I have. Like Rabbi Shlomo said, love, a lot of people can be very much in love. They can know what love is all about. The value of it is already a different story. For instance, Rabbi Shlomo says in this, this is like, for me, this was my Elul. Look at this. For instance, why do we waste so much time? At least I, sadly enough, do. <laughs> He's a comedian, right? <laughs> he wasted time. It means I have trouble knowing the value of time. I know maybe the value of time as a whole, but I haven't learned yet the value of the minute. Because obviously I wouldn't take out $500 and throw it away in the garbage pail. How come I'm throwing away minutes? That means that sadly enough, I don't know the value of a minute, sadly. Very sad. The Holy Koretz says, Pinchas of Koretz, says that Mashiach will come when people will know that to waste one minute is mamish murder. Absolute murder. Because what does it mean to kill? I'm wiping you off from 70 years. To waste a minute is to wipe myself off from a minute. I killed a minute. What does this mean over here? You know, the Alter Rebbe in, in, uh, in, in the Tanya, in the Ingeris HaTshuva, says something of so, so gewalt. He says that when you transgress a mitzvah's assay, uh, how do you say mitzvah's assay? Uh, positive a, a positive commandment that's bound specifically with time, Shazman Grama. Why is it such a grave sin? You know why? Because you killed time. Not, not killed time like it's used in slang. Like, oh, I'm going to kill some time and grab a shawarma. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. Killing time means that right now you had an opportunity 
to do a mitzvah that's bound with time, and even if you do a lot of tshuva, you could never bring time back. It'll never come back again. That time period that you could have done something so gewalt, you wasted it, it'll never come back again. And that's why those types of averas are so grave, they, they reach so deep, the Alter Rebbe says. And to do tshuva on those things is the hardest in the world. So Reb Shlomo quotes Reb Pinchas of Koritz. Have you heard of Reb Pinchas of Koritz? Anybody know? Pinchas of Koritz, you know, top, top students, one of the top students, time of student of Baal Shem Tov and a student by the Magid of Mizrich, Talmud Chavre there, he is, he was top. And he says, Mashiach will come, people stop wasting time. What does wasting time mean over here? I waste time when I don't know the value of time. If I knew the value of what I could do in a minute, ain't no way in the world I could waste it. Okay, so what does wasting time mean, Chavre? What does it mean to waste time? What do you think wasting time means? I'm slightly confused only because if we're talking the tapas of the basic wasting time, we do that every day, all day. If we're not doing a mitzvah, we're not doing a chazak, we're not doing a every moment, every day, we're wasting time. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me because we're human beings. And there are moments that we say shakas, there are moments that we see it stuck upon and put in some shackles, but this doesn't make sense to a level of a human being. I think you're understanding it wrong. I just, I, I personally totally disagree. I think wait, 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 there's a lot to say here. One, one second, we'll get to, hold on a second. You know, my mother always, when I started going to yeshiva, she always wanted me to watch Seinfeld when I would come home. Very cute. Back, she just said, "You need to just, you need to tune in to George and Jared. You have to, you have to, in order to, in order to just keep the flow going, right? You need to, right? You need to." And maybe she was right. I don't know. Maybe we laugh at it now, right? But in Chassidus, it's so big that late atar there is no such thing as a time that you can waste. That's the, there is no such thing. We're human beings, but Reb Shlomo says, like, our being yidin is not about like reaching your potential and maximizing your time. It's by using every second to be an eved Hashem. It really is. It really, really is. Now, on the other hand, you have to remember that when you do fall and you're not using all your time in the world, then you remember you're human being. But when you're in the other, when you're on the other route, and you're trying to utilize every single second of your life, then if you keep on saying to yourself, "Well, it's okay if I fall. It's okay if I fall. It's okay that I don't do this now," what's going to push you to feel that you could, you could get to become? It's like you have to be your biggest inspiration at the end of the day. Yes, we do let life, unfortunately, you know, waste too much of our time, I guess. But I don't see how it's possible to find a balance between trying to do good as much as you can mm-hmm. and still doing the things we need to do on a daily basis. Well, well, what's the difference? Well, 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 is that wasting time? Mm-hmm. Is going to work a waste of time? Is watching TV after eight hours more of a waste of time? I, I don't quote me on that. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I, just, I don't see. What's that? Everybody 
knows what their own issues are there, what their time is and what they want. They know within themselves. If I, if I could buy that time back, the value of it, I mean, I would buy it back. I mean, it had a price. Each person knows. I know in my heart's heart that I've actually wasted it. Right. There's no doubt about it. Okay, but I want to say something, Chavra. On the level of Tachat Hashemesh, you're totally right, Daniela. Because I can't imagine that I would utilize every second of, of my day. How could I imagine that that's me? That's not that it's me. That's... Well, people also, people also need to take it easy. And I think wasting time is not just taking it easy. It's unnecessarily taking it easy. It's very good. You're making a very good point. Use of time, 100%. Use of time. Taking it, abuse, well, taking it easy doesn't necessarily mean that you're wasting. Mm-hmm. You'd be doing for... Yeah, I heard once, I, mean, I heard this, I, I have to check it out, so don't quote me on this, but I heard that Rav Cook once had to go and move to England for half a year. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Right, but he, what, but it was also self, I, I heard that it was self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's what I heard, that he needed to, there was so much going on and so much stress that in order for him to utilize his time best, he had to take it easy. That's why I think we have to define this, because you could get lost here, you can get trapped. You could say, like, well, if I take a walk, I'm killing time, I'm murdering. No, mapitam. If taking a walk and looking at the... See, this is what we have to get rid of in our minds. When we say, when we read a Torah like this, so our old brains say to us, okay, that means that if I step outside the base Midrash for one second during 12 hours and I'm supposed to be there, I'm a murderer. But Reb Shlomo was so big on that you become a Tamil Chacham not just by learning the Svarim, but by seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by every single creature that walks on the face of this earth. Why does the learning of God and the Torah stop once you leave the base Midrash? So, maybe watching TV is a little bit, it, it might be a little bit of, of, of killing time, because unless you're watching, I don't know, National Geographic, or something, I don't know. But like you said, every person knows best. Exactly. I'm not. I would be the last. I'd be the last person in the world to say to tell you what it is, Chavra. Yeah. I just want to say that um, you said late atar So that means that even if you're watching television, the 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 the, the value of the of the, of the moment is that you didn't realize how. I mean, there's nothing. There's no space that's empty of God. I mean, either, so maybe you maybe you are valuing the moment, and maybe if you if you're not valuing the moment, doesn't mean that God's not there. God's also Nahum. there, and that's what you didn't value. You didn't value the fact, and you didn't realize the fact that God was still there. That's the issue between you're saying, Amash. It's total, total basic what you're saying. Yeah. So in the morning we say La Sokbe Divrei Torah, and then people go off to work and do their own thing, right? And they come home. Let's say they didn't learn, they didn't sit and open a book for eight hours. Right. Why don't they have to say the bracha again? Because they're supposed to mm. be involved in Torah every mm-hmm. single... So God puts us in a position, tells us every morning, I expect you to use every single second to be osek for Torah. Right. That's a good vow. You can keep it. I once, in, in somewhere very far from Israel, this, this, maybe this story will, will uh, bring this concept home a bit more. I met a chassid, a chassidish guy, who was telling me about his, his uh, he had some kind of a cube organization, I, I don't know what it was exactly, and he was telling me that, uh, about what happened last week when some people came to his house for Shabbos. So he said that 
you know, most of the Shabbos, I wasn't feeling so spiritual. But then I, 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 I focused and I started feeling spiritual for a few minutes and I was able to be with them and like say good things. It sounded so bizarre to me because uh, feeling spiritual is not something that you should like, uh, if you feel it a few minutes a day, you're doing good. Feeling spirit, what does feeling spiritual mean? Connection. Consci- yeah, consciousness all the time. Even when you're watching, whatever it is, your consciousness. Your Rastas always say this, conscious brother, right? You hear them always say, Con- they took that, they think they know what it means. Consciousness, right? <laughs> what awareness, Con- to be conscious of it. If I was conscious of time, maybe when I would kill time, it, it would really hurt me, because I'd know the... Va- Why? Why? Because of Das. Because I'd know, I'd begin to know the value. Look. I learned it in a really weird way. When I was 17 years old, I was learning in a certain yeshiva in the border of Ramat Gan and Bnei Brak. That's when I met you. And one Friday afternoon, I went to the area where my favorite falafel shop was, and I went to, there was a store right next door to it. And he had a bunch of sfarim there that each of them were ten shekel. It was they were like little thin books of the Noam Elimelech, the Ohev Yisrael, the Avodas Yisrael, and the Degel Machane Ephraim. Four very big Hasidish books. I didn't know most of them. I was just really getting into this. And I looked at my... I, back then, I think... I don't know, was it a coin already? It was still the Shtar of the Ten Shekel. I don't remember. I had Ten Shekel in my hand. And I said, like, I could kill this Ten Shekel right now by by eating, buying the falafel in a lafa, and in a few hours, forget it. That, I killed it. What's the value of this ten shekel? It was like one of the mo- highest moments of my life. That I went to him, I gave it to him, and I took out the Avodas Yisrael, the Magid of Kuznets, the Kuznets of Sefer, Kuznets of Sefer, still on my shelf right where I live now. And that ten shekel is still... Mom is so alive 15, yeah, 14 years later. The value of something, the data of something, if I had an inkling of the value of time, you see, it's very hard for us to believe that we could be spiritual all day long, but most of us really are. We're just scared to admit it. In today's day and age, we're getting closer to Mashiach. Most of us, Baruch Hashem, the consciousness really is there a lot. It really, really, really is. And Alavada, this new year, should one of the new things I'm hoping for is that it should stop feeling scary. For me personally, I'm saying, but for others too. You want to say something? Yeah. <clears throat> so I want to tap it in, uh, I want to connect it to the past teaching that you've taught this past month. Um, when we go out and we need to do something, whether we think it's mundane or we think that it could be potentially wasting time, that's something that everyone has to do, right? Right. But how can, how can we, each individual, do something that we can only do? What's, where's the I in it? It's by being, using our creativity in that moment to see godliness in our own light, in our own perspective of it. So, you know, we all have to do something physical in a day, let's say. So if that means that you just go and you don't, you don't use your creativity while you're doing it to see um, the godly spark within it, mm-hmm. then you're just doing what everyone else is doing. But when you can tap into your own, we're all, we're all individuals, we're all creative in our own light. And we can tap into our own light, you know, personally, 
that's how we can really not waste time, even when we're doing something so mundane. Let's go on. I think I, I think I, I think I hear what you're saying. I have to, I have to really like wake up in the morning and understand it. You know, hardest thing for me is to feel godly when, when, uh, you know, <laughs> at six fifteen in the morning. It's not, it's not the, it's not the easiest. Those, you know, those first few minutes in the morning, like to feel that I'm not. But it's, there's, but like, but it's possible. Like that's, that's the bottom line. Everything is possible to feel like that. Okay, go back to here. We're in the bottom paragraph. So the thing is like this, it's not enough to know the value of something. See here we thought that dot was the highest, right? The value. He's taking it even further. It's not enough to know the value of something. You have to know how close you are to it, or how far you are from it. If I know the value of money, then I look at myself, and I see that all I have is $100, I know I'm a poor man. Let's say I'll have thousands. If I don't know the value of money, I'll think I'm the poorest man in the world. So it's very, very important to know the value. But then Rib Shlomo says there's something very, very deep. He's reiterating what he just said on a much deeper level. A person who's not missing something and is not longing for something even if you do everything right but you're not missing something there's something wrong with you you're not real you see what it is don't be frightened with this sentence the lowest thing in the world is to be satisfied with yourself that's the lowest absolutely the lowest there is then there are those who are satisfied with the way the world is what are you living tomorrow for? Everything is good the way it is. Who needs more? There has to be some kind of a deep, deep longing. And this is also one more interpretation of Das. This is amazing. Here, Rib Shlomo says that Das means two things. One is the value of something. But the higher level of Das is that what? Even if I know the value of it, I, lo- I want it, I want more of that. If I know something is so valuable, I, A, either I want it so much more, and B, even if I have it, I want more of it. I long for more of it. Reb will explain more. Das means this deep kind of knowing, this longing. Imagine if I study the Talmud, and I know a little bit, but then there's a kind of Das which means, I'm longing to know more. I can know a person and understand the person, and then there's a kind of very deep thing, das, between me and this person. And then I know so much more. And this, Chavad, you could try this with anyone in your life that you feel close to, what Rav Shlomo just said. And hopefully, because of this chus of Rosh Hashanah, we'll be able to understand what Rosh Hashanah just said much deeper. One of the most important things on Rosh Hashanah that we said to be careful of, it's very important to be careful of thinking that you know the person next to you. And thinking that this is who they are, this is it. This is who they are. Because if this is all they are and you know them, Rosh Hashanah says, the saddest thing in the world, 
is when someone says about another person, wow, I'm so close to them, I know them like an open book. So Shalom says, if you know them like an open book, why do you need to read? There's no more pages. You're done with the book. You've got to get a new book, right? The saddest thing in the world is to feel that you know someone like an open book. And the hardest thing in the world, the hardest thing in the world between husband and wife to really admit and believe that there's still a lot more chapters in the book. That there are a lot more chapters in the book. And it comes from not really believing that there are a lot more chapters in your own book. This is what we were saying before. There's a lot more in our own Sefer. Sefer Achaim. Sefer Achaim is not knowing something like an open book. We're asking Hashem, write us in Sefer Achaim. What does that mean? Write us in the book that the chapters keep on being written every single year. That there's so much more. That there's so much more ahead. That, Rip Shlomo says, means Das. Now, Nava, look what you said. The most beautiful thing is it says, Adam yada es chava ishta. It says that when Adam and Eve became one, what does the Torah call that? Yada et chava ishta. What do people think that means? They knew each other, so now they became, they were, they were became acquainted, and now they know each other, so now they're one. Rabbi Shlomo is basically saying that'd be the saddest thing in the world. If that's how we understood what Ve'adam yadat chavayishto, Ve'adam yadat chavayishto is that he knew that there's so much more than what he sees. Is that he knew that he longed for what, for so much more than he thought he already had. Is that he began to understand the value of having a wife, and maybe he even really saw the, the value in front of him, but he mamish longed for it. The relationship between Adam and Chava was on the level of Das. They missed each other. My relationship to a thing is judged by how much I'm missing it, how much I want it. It's even deeper than value. It's much deeper than value. This level of das is much deeper than value. When it comes to value, so I know something's a million dollars. I know the value of what I it's in my pocket. Hopefully all of us will be blessed with a million dollars this year. Missing it so much is deeper than that. It's very, very deep. Look, leave it to Reb Shlomo to explain this very hard piece. Let's say the world knows a little bit, maybe the value of peace. but they're not really missing it that much. They still think, okay, it could be better. I can get along without it. Uh, we'll manage. I'm not, I don't remember right now. I'm sorry. I want you to know the deepest story in the world. This is a story we all know. The Heiliger Reb Shemeshon Shpitover, one of the pupils of the Holy Baal Shem, he went to the Holy Land. So the Holy Baal Shem Tov says to him, I'm begging you, when you come to Israel, guard your tongue. Remember this story? Say the right thing. This is an amazing story. Say the right thing, the Baal Shem says to him. So, Shimshon remembered it, and he forgot it. He comes to the Holy Wall, and he sees a poor man leaning on the Holy Wall. 
This guy looked creepy to him. This man walks up to him and says, Is it true there's war in the world? He says, Yeah, Rip Shimshon said. But, but people manage. Is it true that some of, some of you are starving from hunger? He says, Yeah, but they manage. He says, What's going on in the world? Tell me. He says, Yeah, it's bad, but the world manages. Baruch Hashem. You know, it's like the classic thing. How are you doing? Ah, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're doing okay. The poor man walked away. Reb Shemshon went to go pray at the Holy Well. And then he went back to the Holy Baal Shem in Russia. The Baal Shem says, Ay, Shemshon, I was begging you to guard your tongue. Do you know who this beggar was? It was our father Abraham. He wanted to hear from you directly what is really going on. If you would have only told him that we can't manage anymore, then the Mashiach would have come. This story, this story I've heard this in many different uh, contexts. This story touches my Hashem so deeply. It touches me so deep. It touches you guys a little bit? This story, this is my, I don't know, this to me is like, uh, on the one hand, you know, I want to be like an Emma's dick or a Simcha dick and oh, you know, I want to be like, yeah, it's, we're, everything's perfect and believe that that everything that God does is for the best but in the same breath we have to master the art of being able to also say we can't manage 31 year old father and baby were killed Erev Shabbos on the way to their place next to Hebron this last Shabbos I'm not managing with that I'm not, I don't want to deal with that I'm not managing. I'm Yisrael Chai, of course, but I'm not managing. Do you hear what I'm saying, Chavir? It's like, it's like the secret of this world is how do you, how are you able to be so thankful and really believe, but also to be able to say, I'm not managing, I need Mashiach to come. So you know what this means, Rib Shlomo says? Even Reb Shimshon, in all his holiness, with all of his missing the Messiah, with all his missing the great Shabbos to come, his longing wasn't even enough. But he didn't know. How can you... I mean, I don't want to... You know, no, it's okay. Say, say what you want. <laughs> don't worry. No, it's fine. I just don't want to you know, insult the rock. But you know, if, if you don't know what it is, if you don't know what it means to really... What, I mean, we have ideas of it. You know, rabbis have given opinions. But we don't really know what it means... What exactly life is going to be like when Mashiach comes? What is, you know, Olam Haba? You don't really know it, so how can you long for something that you don't really truly understand? That's that true. No, no, it's true. None of us know, but we know what it's not going to be. Right. And we know that it's not going to be fathers and babies being killed in Shabbos. That's enough for me to want it. But you're right. No one knows. But we know what it's not going to be. It's what you're bringing up right now is a very deep Indian that we have to dedicate a whole year for. And the Baba Cherebes, what he do his whole life. What was his whole life about? Was making us putting das in us, not just to know the value of it, but wanting Mashiach. It's his whole life. Instilling das. You want to be a Lubavitcher, you want to be a Chabadnik. This is the Torah. This is the Torah of all Torahs. What it means to be a Chabadnik. 
what the Rebbe was doing his whole life was putting das, letting us know what the value of a Mashiach world is, and on the same mamish, same token, how much do you want it? How much do you want? You can know the value of something. How much do you want it? A lot of people know the value of the land of Israel. A lot of people know the value. In Israel and out of Israel. How much do you want it? When you, when you long for it that much, then, it mamish become, then, it, then, it, then it's instilled with you. Then it lasts forever. Imagine if I tell my wife, I'll really miss you, but I'll manage without you. Shvach. Very shvach. <laughs> but Rabbi look what he says here. If I can say to God, I'd really like that there should be peace in the world, but in the meantime we'll manage, that means that something's off. Something's mamish off. When Mashiach is coming, when the Messiah is coming, the Prophet says, Mala Haaretz, What's the next word? Dea et Hashem. The world will be filled with great das. Great, sorry, this is not loneliness, great longing. A deep kind of longing, holy longing. Very, very deep. One more sweet thing, friends. If you want to know how much a mitzvah means to you, <laughs> Look deep inside and see how much you prepare yourself for it. So all of us, by the outside the text for a second, there's a mitzvah of hitchatshut that's coming up right now, of becoming new again. Elu, the whole thing is how much are you longing for becoming new again? How much are you preparing yourself to become new? Shlomo says, you want to know the value of a mitzvah? How strong a mitzvah is? It's not about the mitzvah itself. That won't tell you how strong the mitzvah is, how holy it is. It's how much do you prepare for it that tells you how precious it really is. On a very low level, take a boy who has a date with a girl at 6 o'clock. You think that at 5 to 6 he starts wondering if he has to go there and meet this girl? Gornished. He's excited all day. Tonight at 6 o'clock I have a date. Psh, brother, gotta be ready. It's a strong thing. Look at Rabbi Shlomo says here, and this, this broke my heart so much. Imagine if a person would be up all night because tomorrow morning I'm going to pray and stand before God. In a few hours I'll have the greatest privilege in the world to be able to pray, to stand before God. But if I just realize, oh, it's time to pray, Shafras, let's knock off a little prayer, it's nothing. It's like, do we have das when it comes to davening? If we understand das as two things, value and longing and preparation. If we had das, it would mean, and again, I know we're all human, we're all human, but you know what? We're also a little bit above human. Humans, yeah, there's, there's humanity and then there's humanity. I don't want to get into it right now. But we're not human Jewish people today are not human beings based on what us Yidlach have had to go, have to go through since the creation of the world. It's not normal humanity. It's the most normal humanity, but it's much deeper than any other person has ever had to go through in the world. So yeah, it is possible that one of us might live to see the day that they can't go to sleep at night. You know why? 
because somehow they tapped into the power of prayer. And then they realize, I am going to be standing before God in the morning, talking to Him, to God, how could I go to sleep? That's how you value how much your prayer is. You know, those of, those of you who are like, you know, you can't, if you're really tuned in right now, these few days are very, it's like, you're not so settled, you're excited, but you know, that you're, you're, you're very, not, it's not nervous either. I don't know what the word is. It's not nervous, and it's, 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 what's that? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Unsettled. It's unsettled in, in, in a holy way. In a very holy way. It's like if the day before your wedding, you're just chill and everything's fine, and it's, I mean, I'm sure people are like that, but you should see, I told you all, right? I told you when I came down for pictures before my chobah. I tell you, I tell you, photographer <laughs> saved my life. I come down for pictures before my chuppah, white as a ghost. I am tripping my face off. I, I am, I am, I can't, I can't, it's just not, I can't do anything. I, but my whole life, I've always, always envisioned that mincha before my chuppah. That, you know, because the chassan says, Kala says, right, they say, Mincha of Yom Kippur, right? Before, on their wedding day. I always envisioned that Mincha, what it's going to be like, right? It was the most lame Mincha I ever had in my life. In a hotel room behind the drape. My parents were in another other part of the room. I, had, I, was, I was rushing. Nothing was on time. I just knocked it off. I'm, 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 I hate to admit it, but that was, I come down for pictures. I already, you know, Hashem, we had like... Eight nine hundred people at our chuppah, and I'm, I see that that, that they're starting to come. Thinking I am, I'm I'm going nuts. Here. I don't know what to do. Photographer looks at me and says to me, "You look exactly like what a real chassan should look like right now." And he, he, I'm telling you, I see him a lot when I play at simchas. I see him. I treat him like Mamish Malucha. I thank him. Name <laughs> Shalom I go to him every time. He's like, he's a helper of the photographer. I treat him like royalty. You know, he that one line he put it like, yeah. If when you're dealing with with with, with Kodesh Kodashim, Hashem gives you, well, you better be, you better be tripping out a little bit, right? So these days, right now, it's like, if you're unsettled, it's okay. It's it's a holy unsettling. Hopefully, it's a holy unsettling because. We've been learning so much, Baruch Hashem, last week. We know there's a lot in the air. And there's, there's going to be a great crowning of the king in a few days. And we need to just remind, we have to be like little photo- photographer assistants <laughs> until they're like saying, yeah, that's, that's right, you know. You know what, you know the das, das. Roman das kol aretz ki Hashem elokim. Das. And what I want to share with you, bottom paragraph, is that Chassidim say like this, this is the end. When it comes to doing a mitzvah, the light is so great, the light is too great, the mitzvah itself, no vessels for me. It's just too holy, too great. How do I make myself a vessel to receive this great light? 
by the preparation for it. Preparation for it. Some of us could look back at our Elul and be like, I blew the whole thing. Just like sometimes people show up 48th night of the Omer and they're like, I, I could have sworn that that first night I counted Sphira on Pesach, this was going to be the Sphira of all Spheras, right? It happens all the time. Right? So, okay, it's everything, everything you do. You always, right? You know, we have two days, we have two holy, awesome days right now to tune in to Das. Tuning into Das is begging the Rebbeinah to have give us a Matnaschinam. To give us mamish a gift of all gifts. Because the world needs to be renewed like never before. Like never before. It needs so much hitchachut. So much new. So it's true. Tachat Hashemesh, there's no way in the world that me, I could be someone that stays up at night because they're anticipating Shachris. But Me'al Hashemesh, It is. It is like that. It has to be like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is Torah Shabbat Peh. That's what we're learning a few weeks ago. It's we're going back to before Hashem said. Well, it's, I can't get into it right now because that's a whole nother. You know what I'm talking about. If you were here a few weeks ago, you know what Jackie was saying. You're going into before. Ta- above the sun means before the sun was created. When the, what, what happened before the sun was created? What was in the world? The light of Mashiach. The light of Mashiach, the light of Olam Chesed the light of, as Shlomo was saying, that the reason why God wanted to create the world is because He wanted to do a favor for someone, but there was no one to do a favor for. I know this is very, this is like pretty out there, these things, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bless us that in the next two days, we don't kill any minute. We don't murder any time. Ramish next two days. And again, it doesn't mean no park benches, you know? It's not what we're talking about. It's not what we're talking about. It's deeper than that. Much, much deeper than that. I can't wait to re-meet everyone next week, next Monday. And, and, and uh, I can't wait to introduce myself. I can't wait to meet everybody here I met. That's the truth, so like... Blessing all of us with such such hitchachut, such such an opportunity to show up to the that we believe that we have many 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 more chapters in our book, and that's what it means when you wish someone It doesn't mean that's it. <laughs> the book should be done. It means that the ceiling is that you get many more chapters. Okay, Chavra, thank you so much for coming. Please, please make sure that if you haven't yet, to sign up on the sign-in sheet over here. Where's the... Is it there? The Pushka. The Yeshiva. The Yeshiva also asks a donation, if you can, of 30 shekel for each shiur. And Chavra, really, thank you so much for making this shiur. Thank Next week we're. Amen. Next week we're. Fantastic. Shakoach, everybody.